0: let's start with a word of prayer father we thank you so much that you loved us that you call us your children and lord that you say suffer the little children to come unto me and prevent them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven lord we've gathered this morning to protect children and i pray father that you'll guide us and give us great wisdom as we learn some of the things that we need to know And Lord, as we figure out how to put these in practice in our churches and our ministries and in our communities, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. I've got it on. Yeah, put it in the pocket. You're good. Y'all cut that part out. Uh, let's see. I've gone. I skipped. Got me, got me rattled, Rich. Now I'm off. I got too much stuff and I know this is too much materials so there's a handout electronically available. The easiest way is probably to email me and I'll send you the link because I realize that's a long link. Uh, but it's 13 pages of material that will be helpful to you I think. I'll be most of what I've got to say is in there. So and more. There's more stuff that I know we're not gonna handle. Just the facts. Well let's think about what we're talking about this morning. There are all kinds of abuse. And you have to think about what do we mean by terms of abuse? Well, there's sexual abuse, which we think of, and then there's non-sexual. There's physical harm kind of abuse. There's verbal abuse. There's emotional abuse. And then there is, of course, spiritual abuse when you're doing all the others. And and we've, we've heard some about that. Uh, We want to protect against all of that, but this morning the focus is going to be on sexual abuse, how to prevent sexual abuse and how to help people deal with abuse when it's happened to them. Some people say, well, this is not a problem. One in four women will encounter sexual harassment or sexual abuse in their life. If they haven't already... Either attempted rape or somebody putting sexual pressure on them. Very common among all women. Why would we think it'd be different in our pews? One in six men will encounter this in their lifetime. Usually this happens before you're eighteen. But not always. It's something that's not talked about. Nobody's gonna give us hey, I was I was raped. Or somebody sodomized me. You know, you're not going to stand up and boast about that. You kind of want to keep that quiet. You kind of want to suppress that. It's not exclusive to a denomination. A group ministry says it does not skip any spiritual paradigm, denomination, social, economic status, ethnic, or racial group, or geographic location. The Roman Catholics and the Southern Baptists get all the headlines, but it happens everywhere. I was talking about this topic with some guys. I said, Yeah, we've had that happen in our church. It happens. It's just not something we talk about. One in ten people will encounter, be arrested for this. One in ten of predators are going to have. So when you do a criminal background check, and a criminal background check is, is one of the best practices you can do, it means that you've got nine predators that may come into your church. They've got no record. The average age that an abuser starts is age 13. 13 to 18 they'll have no criminal background record even if you catch them at that point. So while it is one of the things you need to do, it's not going to protect you from 9 out of 10 predators. We're going to talk about what will do it. It's not usually a stranger. Ninety percent of victims know and trust their abuser, and so do their parents. Their parents believe this person is somebody we can have confidence in, somebody that we know about. One of the best practices is to say you've got to, serve, you've got to be in our church for six months before we will let you serve. You've got to be in this before we will let you serve. Okay. The job of the predator during those six months is to be helpful, friendly, and prove themselves trustworthy. They've got six months to gain your confidence as the gatekeeper and to gain the confidence of your children. We've got to think like predators. Les asked me to address the Me Too movement, and that's what got me into this. I've had a pretty dark spring as I've been studying this stuff. And it's not pleasant to think like a predator, but we've got to think the way they think. They are going to be helpful, friendly, and trustworthy. They want you to have confidence in them because they want access to a particular segment of your congregation, of the children that you're gathering together. There's some people who have a preference for eight and nine year olds. It's very specific. So you've got to recognize that. 90% of abusers are male, okay? Let me ask you a question. Who are the 10%? Females. See, we don't think about it, we always think male, but you have gotta think about females. Uh, Can you tell me which of these two women had sex with a 16-year-old student? Which one do you think? One on the left. Right there. This is the one. Of course, a trick question. They, they both did. Now let me tell you something. The one on the left pled guilty to obscenity and so doesn't have to register as a sex offender. The one on the right had to register as a sex offender. So if you do a background check, or if you just go to your sheriff's website and do a check for sexual predators. You know, they've got those. This one will show up and this one won't. That's one reason why you have to do a complete criminal background check because you need to know all the things and you need to recognize that some of the charges they may be charged with, they may have pled down to that. So I'm telling you, even a background check, which is is absolutely vital from a legal point of view. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, David Gibbs talked about a little bit about this in the seminar. By the way, they have a, a very good booklet. I think this is his outfit. But there are several booklets that you can get on that, and I'll talk about resources to help you from a legal point of view of what you need to do. And, and those are good things to know, but I'm telling you that's not going to stop sexual predators from getting into your mission, getting into your church, getting into your Christian organization, and abusing children. I'm going to tell you what I think will do it but we'll come to that. Here's the greatest disturbing statistic to me. One in three cases are peer on peer. One child abusing an older child. An older child abusing another. Now, I don't like to tell you this but there was a daycare center and they were Observing these two boys under the slide. And when they checked further, they found that they were sodomizing each other. Six years old. Where'd they learn it from? An eight year old. And my question is what? Think. What's the question? Say it. Where did the eight year old learn it? You see, there's a chain of abuse going on. An 8-year-old, may he may have gotten it from a 12-year-old or 15-year-old or, or maybe an adult. When you find one instance, you, there's a chain. You've got to check. There. You've got to watch. You've got to be available to understand it. Now, here's what you should not do. Don't wrote a policy. The worst thing you can do, I'm sure from a legal point of view... Spiritual point, you can't say, Well, we wrote a policy on that. Whatever you do, don't write a policy. Establish practices and then write that up. Here's what we do. Uh, David Gibbs, in his seminar yesterday, said, Your board every year needs to document in your minutes that you took time in one of your board meetings to talk about child sexual abuse and review your policy and to make sure you're on top of what you need to in regard to that. Do not write a policy. Establish practices and then write those up and make sure you follow the policy. I think you need to write policy. I'm a governance guy. You need to write policy. But if you don't follow it, policy not practiced is evidence. It's not evidence for you. It's evidence against you. Second thing I think you need to do, and I do not, oh, I hit, select practitioners. You need to select the people who are going to go over this. You need supervisors. You need people that are going to be watching out. Uh, I'm a governance, that's my job on the on the IFC board. I'm the governance advocate, which I love because I get to be nasty, and it's my job. I get to say, hey, we can't do that. That's not in our policy. Uh, we got to change something. I, I love that, but you need somebody. You need some. You need several people that are going to be like your wanna commander or your Sunday school superintendent. You need people who are going to be the supervisors over this area to deal with this issue. Now, what are the best practices? Let me cover the things that they should be doing. Number one, you need to screen your workers, the people coming in. By the way, if you have a question, feel free to stop and and, and ask because. It doesn't matter. See, it doesn't matter if I get through this because I got got this handout. You can get the rest of the stuff. I'd rather help you with it. Let's talk about things. Screening workers means you've got to have an application and you've got to do an interview with somebody that wants to work with your children, or you want to work with your children. You need to do a criminal background check on some people. Eventually, you want to do some sort of a criminal background check on anybody. But one of the limitations on that is most criminal background checks only go back seven years if they've been in your county as you say in the United States Louisiana we talk about parishes, but in the United States you talk about counties if if they've been in your county seven years you, you can just do a local search there unless you think there's some something weird I need to go back you can do a ten year search uh, those are a little more expensive but the Set basic seven-year search that doesn't include a driver's license background. You can do that for about twelve fifty. Uh, you need to check institutional references. In other words, you need to say, I don't need just to know the name of people that are friends of yours. I need to know people that you work for in dealing with children before, so I can call and talk to them and find out what you're doing. Uh, you need to look at their past employment and volunteer record. It needs to deal with that. Where have you volunteered? Where have you been employed in working with children or working with young people? Now, by the way, when I say children, sometimes I talk about children and youth. In Louisiana law, you're a child from 18 down. Anything, Anybody 18 and under is considered a child unless we're talking about human trafficking and a human trafficking victim is 21 and down, you're considered a child. You're not considered responsible, you're considered a victim, 21 and under. But in terms of this, so when we talk about children, I'm not talking about little kids, I'm talking about the whole range of that, okay? Uh, you need to do some sort of awareness training with your workers. And I'll recommend several programs that you can use that are not very expensive, but that will do good training. One of the reason you want to do that is because In the process of that, some of these training programs say, now, we've covered a couple of sessions, we've talked about what it is. You know, preventing child abuse is everybody's responsibility. If you think you have tendencies in this area, you might just want to stop the training and drop out. Hey, I just don't want to take the risk that I might do this. And that's preventing child abuse as well. Secondly, you need to set boundaries. You need to set boundaries for people so they know, here's, here's the boundaries that are going to keep me from getting into this, or keep me from getting accused of, of molesting a child when I did not do that. For instance, you need to have rules about where you can touch a child. Uh, we had a uh, BBS worker who always not don't, don't ever touch a child where a bathing suit might go. And we're not talking about two-piece, but we're talking about don't touch them where a bathing suit might be. Just a good general rule of thumb. Don't do that. Don't spend too much time hugging kids. You know, you don't want to do a good tight, you know, you don't want to hold kids on your lap and that kind of thing, unless you're in the nursery. Two-worker minimum. It's really prefer- preferable that you have two workers in every room. If you don't have that, you need to have sight lines where somebody can see into that room. One of the things we did at Bible Center is we put windows in every door so you can look. People can go by and look. Even if you have to shut the door, people can go by and look in situations where we're getting ready to modify our nursery so that we've got two rooms so that people in one room can see what's going on in the other room. So you've got you've always got two people so you've got that aspect. Guard your ratios Uh, You need to have enough workers to be able to take care of the children. Uh, I think with little kids, it's like one to two or one to four. You get up elementary age, well, one to six is a pretty good ratio, but you need to try to staff well and, uh, again, have sight lines for that. Get people to sign a code of conduct. Here's the boundaries. I understand the boundaries. I understand what I'm supposed to do. Here's what I'm not supposed to do. We have one rule. One of the men said... uh, I'm working in, in the one and I'm working with two kids. Well, one of them has to go to the bathroom. He said, I stepped to the door in the hallway and I work with this kid while this other one's gone to the bathroom. So I'm not alone in a room with a child. You never want to be alone with a child in a room. That you're the only one in there. That's indefensible. But you need to, if, if that comes to that situation, where well, you need to make sure the door is open. You need to make sure there's everybody can see what's going on. Uh, churches sometimes can be isolated places. I found ours, like Grand Central Station, you never know, you have people wandering in. I hear doors slamming all through the week, much less on Sunday. There's people coming in. That's where we're having windows so people can see in, and, and the teacher knows that hey, there's people watching. There's people observing. It's much more important that you have multiple workers when you're dealing with real little kids the older they get well it's a little you know it's kind of like you don't want to pull a teenager off in the room by themselves either but you definitely it's you're you're in a danger zone when you're dealing with little kids and you're the only one there there's nobody around that can see what's going on there You're, you're just not in an open situation third you need to provide supervision you need to train the people who are supervisors to recognize grooming behavior. You want to—you want everybody. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But you want to recognize everybody. Everybody in the church needs to to know what to look for. What is the predator doing? How are they grooming people, grooming kids, so that they will be willing to be involved with them sexually? Uh, you need to establish observation. You need to be looking. It's one thing to say, well, I've organized things. It's another thing that I'm walking around seeing how things are going. I'm watching with my eyes. I'm keeping my eyes on things. I'm seeing where there might be problems or there might be violation boundaries or there's a need. You also need to train your observers to watch for the kids that are out of the pack or out of the herd because a predator is. Predators are looking for the child... That's vulnerable. And a child that doesn't fit into your youth group or doesn't fit in with your children, they're a target. Now you've got to target them, but not to isolate them. The predator is going to isolate them further so they're easy prey. You've got to get them back in the group. You've got to make sure they've got friends, that they are in a circle of friends in the church, in their group, so that's not happening. You also establish the chain of authority. What I mean by that is if if somebody in your ministry sees a boundary violation, you want to encourage them to speak to that person if they can, if they feel comfortable to speak to and say, look, we don't need to be doing this. What you're doing here with this child, that's not appropriate to do that. I don't think that's safe for you to do. And then you also need to inform train them to inform their supervisor. I had to speak to so-and-so, I saw this, and I talked about what you should do instead of that. Now you've got two people, and you've got four eyes on the situation. Because it may not be an isolated incident. The supervisor may know that, hey, we've already had to talk to this person about that. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, we're, we're, we may have a predator here, because predators love to violate the boundaries. They love to push the boundaries because that's how they do it. How do you protect against child abuse? I think this is the key trained eyes. That's why I think everybody in your ministry ought to go through some sort of training on what's involved in this so that they're able to see and know and watch for what's happening, that they're able to see with trained eyes the grooming behavior. Empower your trained workers to be suspicious and to report what they observe. We're not trying to create a a tattletale culture. We're trying to say, look, you need to say it's everybody's responsibility to prevent child abuse. Everybody needs to be involved in doing that. At a minimum, they should have the authority to confront those over boundary violations and the responsibility to report that to a supervisor. And they need to know that it's okay to report to a supervisor, even if they're uncomfortable confronting them. If it is suspicion of abuse, follow the law. Any questions so far? Okay. Good. Okay. You Who's not workers? Well, none, of, none of these disability people are workers. Okay, they're just saying, okay. All, all, all of our, our workers are that are all, you know, we, we haven't had to do any screening of
1: them, but <clears throat> I realize that within, within the framework of the people that we have there, we could eventually have a problem. Okay. Just, just knowing, you know, knowing the past of the people
0: and... <clears throat> And this this is one. This sort of connects to the workers we can screen. What about sexual predators? that could potentially be inside of our churches. How do we protect ourselves from them? Okay. As well. Okay. That's where the trained eyes come in. You know, the more people you have that know what to watch for, because, like I said, background check, screen. You may not pick up this and then that. Nine out of ten will get through. They'll pass the background checks. Uh, but if you've got trained, if you know what to watch for, if you've taken the training, you know what to look for. To me, I, the best way to protect, and I'm not talking from a legal standpoint, but from let's stop this from happening, if you know what to look for, if you're aware of what grooming behaviors are, you can see that, and you, you can watch them now with, with disabled or challenged people, you know, and... And even just with teenagers and kids, if you're watching, watching what's going on, observing, well, this seems to be, this, it's kind of odd that this 18-year-old is hanging out with this six year old I need to watch it. It's not I'm going to stop it, but I'm watching what's going on. I'm kind of watching. I'm aware of abuse that might be happening. When you're crossing boundaries, even when one of your disabled people is crossing a boundary, if you step in and say, look, you don't need to be doing that, that's not good behavior. someone, I, as an example, I had somebody in our church that, that Wednesday night said to me,
1: that person who's 27 is over there with my 15-year-old daughter and a couple other kids. Do you know, are they a sexual predator? I said, they are, they are not. Okay, you do that. From everything I know. Okay. But I said, if you would feel comfortable, and your are husband was a fireman, I said, if you have the
0: capacity to do a background check, this is the person's name. Okay. Is that legally? As I'm not a lawyer. If you ask me a legal question, I'll have to tell you. As I don't even play one on television. Uh, but as a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't give. You, I can't tell you where legally you can. But. Uh, I'm sure you can because our sheriff has on his website checking section. You can put anybody's name in and see. You can also put in a geographical area, it's geographical areas there. Ignacio? You, a call, uh, you can go to the website and type in their name, and it'll, it'll give you all the registered Right. Symptoms. Registered so You can do that
1: on, on anybody who comes into your church pretty much. It's not, as as you do know, there's a disclaimer when you can't use that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know, it's probably legal. Like I said, it's, it, you can do it. Anybody can go on these websites and find, like I say, registered sex offenders. That's one out of ten. A nine out of ten, you don't know. Now you know to watch. Let me watch and see what's going on. One time's no big deal, but you're watching for other behaviors, and, uh, I don't know that I've got this in the slideshow, but let me talk to us a little bit about, uh, some of the grooming behaviors. I can find that in this handout. I, by the way, I, those of you who came in, I've got a 13-page handout. It's all electronic. You can print it. It's got a lot more uh, information on that. Uh, when I get to some of the resource, they do a better job at it than I do of explaining what you're watching for with that. With uh, that. Uh, when you find somebody that's always spending time with younger kids, maybe they set up their home. and They've got games, and have come over and watch games and play games. It's, uh, you know, you've got a, you have no children, but you've got a play playground in your backyard. That's kind of a little suspicious. You know, when you you've got a train running around your property and you got giraffes on it, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that, brother. <laughs> Do what? It's not just children. So sexual predators. I had a sexual predator that uh, would visit, after hours even, a uh, nursing facility and he, he prayed on elderly women, sexually abused women that had uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah, don't know. Or witnesses. Um, I've had, you know, we, we've dealt with so many church situations, but we've had pastors that have preyed on uh, married women, got counseled with them, and set them up for, you know, sexual harassment, yeah. and, and so, you know, it, it, those kinds of things the church is liable for, too. Well, yeah, I had a guy in my D men program that was uh, doing, uh, he did a lot of counseling. He said, I have a window put in between my office and the secretary's office with some of those louvered blinds. He said, when I'm counseling a woman, I'd open those blinds so she can't hear what's going on. It's soundproof, but she can see everything that's going on from one second. If you don't set up some boundaries like that, I never counsel a woman alone in the church. I arrange for somebody to be in the secretary's office, and I leave the door open. Which, but I don't do a lot of counseling. But I leave the door open so that anybody can hear or see that you know this. Sometimes I've had one of my older sons in the other room. You know, or sometimes the secretary is there and so forth. You just, you know, there are things you need to put, but you have to watch. And this is the thing you've got to watch for this predator. You've got to learn to think like a predator. If you're going to be a good cowboy, you're going to ride herd. I'm not a shepherd. I, you know, we, we didn't have sheep, but so, but you're watching for the ones that are more vulnerable. You're watching for this is somebody they're having marital problems, or this is somebody single parent home. It's just like a neon sign to a predator. Hey, there's a potentiality. If if somebody is in your preference range, maybe eight, nine year olds, maybe women older women who you know, hey, this is an easy way to do that. Sam how
1: much how much how much do we communicate this to the church in terms of I think back I was a fourteen year old, called up called up trying to find my friends and ended up calling up the radio announcer that lived three blocks from me. He said, oh, they're all over here. And I got over there, and they tied me up, tried to make me smoke, and then they proceeded to try to rape me. And it was only, I mean, it didn't happen, but I had everything off of me but my pants, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, protect me. The man sitting there with a camera. And I said, Frank, you better put your camera down right now, or you're in more trouble than you could ever be. How do we help equip parents to, I mean, my parents never would have dreamed that. I never would have dreamed that it would have happened. We ended up putting them in, in in prison, and and all and all and all the people that were involved, quite a number of them went to juvenile uh, detention center or someplace. Because they were we really juveniles, with people to 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 be aware of what to do
0: over something that they don't get themselves. Out. Yeah. He's not mad. He just went to, leave to make coffee. He told to me talk to her. I appreciate you sharing that. How many others could say, just, you don't have to give the detail, but somebody's tried to assault me? You feel. Yeah. Somebody's tried to do that. Uh, And I. We had an incident at the church. I'm going to come back to you, A 19 year old came into the church, and he had a pet tarantula. And the kids just gathered around him. And it got to the point where he was inviting them all to come over to his house. Yeah. So and uh um, said, No, no, we don't do that. Yeah. And it, you See that's boundaries. See that's setting the boundaries, that's what now let, to get to your question, let me let me go on and answer answer what your deal with that. Uh, I'm gonna come to that. Uh let me let me make a shocking statement to you. It's designed to be shocking, so don't wait for it. Don't report abuse to the police or child protective services. What you report is suspicion of abuse. If you report abuse, you know what that means? I think it's my responsibility to investigate and see whether it's true or not. Now, under Louisiana law, we don't have the option. Maybe the law in your state may be the same or may be different. Whatever you do, you're not reporting abuse. Don't mess up an investigation. Report, you reported what, what happened to you. Well that's, you know, and it's somebody, the police will investigate this. Child Protective Services will investigate this. What your job is, is to get down as accurately as possible what you were told or what happened and let the civil authorities that God has placed over us do the investigation. Now later on, you may take from that and you may do some administrative things as a church or you may do some church discipline with the offender because a lot of times offenders are, you know, one of the things that's difficult for me to learn was that even people that do human trafficking are people that God created and wants to save. A lot of times somebody that abuses you is somebody that was abused themselves we want to prevent that from happening, but it's already happened, and so we want to reach out and try to help them with good church discipline. And church discipline is not to kick you out of the church; just to just say, look, let's help you repent from that. Let's help you change the behaviors, and no, you're never going to be able to work with children again because you you've been you you've done this, but. There are things God can do with you, and we want to draw you back into the fold and back on the right path. You've been walking in darkness. I tell you, studying this is darkness. And that's why I told you I've had a real dark spring. It's been a really difficult thing to go into some of the things I've told you. And this training will be difficult, but uh, we got to do it. We've got to remember there's there's at least two victims here. There's the abused and there's abuser, and we've got to reach both of them with the gospel.
1: You're
0: not going to do the church discipline based on a suspicion. No. Wait, now let me let me clarify what I'm talking about. When I say you have a suspicion, let's say a child comes to you and says, so and so has touched me. All right, now I don't know whether it's true or not. But it's not my place to investigate that. When somebody reports to you that they that somebody has done something to that, to you, particularly if it's a child. I know in Louisiana, I don't have an option. I have to, I've got. In Louisiana, we do things differently. I have to investigate. Look, I've got to find, I've got to listen to the child. I've got to find out whether it's a parent that did it or whether it's a stranger. Because if it's a parent that did it, I have to report it to Child Protective Services. If it's a stranger that did it, I have to call the police and then report to child protection. So I got to do a little bit because the laws it, it ought to be just, hey, this is where you call or you call the police, one or the other, but you know, we, it gets complicated. In that situation, that's what I'm talking about, that I have seen abuse or what I think was abuse happening or I've seen the marks of abuse. In this book, uh, Child Safeguarding Policy, they have, uh, you know, charts of, this is mostly from medical people, but you're going to see bruises, you're going to see things. You know, if you see a child that's bruised in this area, something, something's not right there. And they encourage medical for people, people that have seen that, it's primary for that. They're going to see that to, to report this to Child Protective Services. There's something, I think, may be going on. You need to take a look at this. That's what I'm talking Now, if I see somebody with a tarantula and drawing kids, okay, I'm suspicious. That he may be, or she may be doing, and I'm gonna deal as pastor of the church, as the shepherd of the sheep. I may have a wolf, and I've gotta deal with that. But what I'm talking about when I say don't report abuse, you report, I have a suspicion, I have some child that's told me this, or I've seen something that looks to me like it might be abusive. And I need somebody with the civil authority that God has placed over us, Romans 13 given the power, so I need you to look into this. This is probably a crime, particularly if it's children. Now, if it's an adult, it's not for me to report it unless there are other children in the home. Now, that's South Carolina law, I learned. I don't know whether that's the law in Louisiana, but under South Carolina law, if you cannot report for an adult, you're not obligated to do that unless... There are also children. If an 18-year-old tells you that uh, my father has abused me, well, you're going to try to counsel that man or woman and, and help them, but if there are 15, 16-year-olds in the home or other children, then you have to report there's a suspicion that there may be abuse going on, because if you're doing it to one, it's probably doing it to other. So that's what I mean by that. Does that clarify that? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And let me tell you. Okay, good. What's the church? He was a good guy, and of course, when we knew it, nobody saw signs, and
1: everyone
0: loved him. Right. helpful, trustworthy. Yes.
1: When it came to light, and it wasn't hidden anymore. So. Said,
0: you know what? Why is he? Why is he spending so much time with her sister? My parents, you know like to your daughter. They'd be like, oh, he's just nice. Yeah, so yep. And see, that's that's where the thing about having trained eyes—they were watching for you. Then it? it's, it's grooming, our
1: mouth,
0: but, right? That's that's. But see, that's that's where going through the video training. This stuff is online. It's in eight or nine modules. I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute and you can stop it but you can stop mid module and come back and sign back in and pick you up right where you want if that's right where you were and you can go through It takes about an hour and a half but you're training the more trained eyes you have to spot hey this we need to set up a boundary you know maybe we don't have a boundary that covers a 35 year old talking to a 16 year old we need to set up some boundaries to do that I think that's the best way to protect if we know and that's one reason why we're doing this is try to make this awareness where it was at reporting someone. No. But you would then keep your eyes them and I'm watching as now let me give you an example of where I would. If I saw somebody in my neighborhood that doesn't have children And they're always having out, and having candy out and doing these things. I probably would, I probably would now. Now that I know what I know, I probably would say, look, there's something strange going on at this address. And report that to Child Protective Services so they would be aware and look into it. Now, knowing what I know about them, they are overtaxed. But if they get five or ten reports from different people about it, they're going to have somebody take a look at it. And what they have told me is that, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I forgot the exact statistic, but let's say almost three out of four, nothing's going on. They just investigated and they, they conclude there's not evidence that this, you know, it's just suspicious kind of thing. Uh, it's not like they're going to come in. They're in the business of grabbing children all the time. No, they're they're straight. They're they're tax. they they're going to focus just on the one. But it's a real fine line. It is. It's a very I different... I like think if you said something to him, hey, I think you've spent too much time with this
1: girl, he'd be offended that she pointed that out, or he'd just blow it off, walk well, just be a nice. I you can't stop from can talking to her. Yeah, like
0: that's, that's actually, predator. That's
1: predator talk. Okay.
0: That's the best prayer to Let's see. You hit something, and I'll come back to you. Sammy, I, I, I a person They
1: used to attend our church, and my my wife told me that the the wife was talking with her, the mother-in-law, saying that their daughter was being sexually assaulted, and my wife tells me this. So I, I said, you know, I, I said I. Obligated by law to report that, yeah. And I, and I did. One of the problems was is that the police were telling people that I was reported, and any 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 potential opportunity I have of,
0: of doing this restorative ministry yeah.
1: is is down the drain. And I have not found any of these departments to be very very good about keeping things.
0: They should. They're supposed to. And and you need to check state law. And if that's not in your state law, you need to advocate for that, that it needs to be anonymous. And because that's one of the things that keeps people from pointing the finger at this is because, well, okay, now, like you say, saying, it's going to shut off. Ideally, let's say, let's say you report something, and, and then you, you know, they end up being confronted with the law, they end up being dealt with. You hope well, to try
1: it. to restore them. To
0: try to help them, and we've we, we've done it. We've done it with somebody in our church it was, it was very. It was very yeah. difficult. Uh, well, brother, you know the truth. The one thing darkness hates is what? Right. Light. Right. Predator wants to operate in the shadows, and shining the light at least it stops the abuse. and says that's not right what you're doing. Hmm. I'll tell you. I, I, I won't take on you, but. Uh, When we point out child abuse and say we're not going to stand for it, that helps people who've been abused start to heal. People take me seriously. What happened to me was wrong. Wasn't me doing wrong. Somebody was doing wrong to me, and that begins the process. And yes, we do hope we can we can get a predator away from that sexual sin and, and get them in. But when well, they walk down the dark road a while, it takes take the spirit to bring them back in. Ignatio, you had something. Uh, you may have lost that family, but
1: you gained integrity, yeah.
0: integrity with everybody else. Yeah. And by speaking the truth to him,
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah he knows, look, yeah. I-, I love you, and I want to help you out of this. Not to get away with the consequence, but I want to help you get out of this. Yeah, we're calling. We're called to call people to repentance. All right, let me let me go on. I have real quick. Okay. Um, I think that we need to train the men of the church. When we see
1: a 35 year old man spending too much time with a 14 year old, the men of our church, our elders, our deacons, and other male leaders need to go over there and bring him into their conversation. Yeah, that's, so that's a good to do point. Don't like, hey,
0: you know, hey, talk to us. Because
1: yeah. I think again, I tell people at church. Sometimes, for be parents. Church is the most dangerous place because you put your guards down and you right. expect
0: everything to be fine and you don't even ask your kids
1: what they learned in Sunday
0: school. So you don't no, have no. to be aware Six things your insurance wants. Written policy, reference checks, nationwide criminal background check, six months before they can work with kids, no minor alone with adults, and the last one, which one we're working on, is a written policy. If it happens, what's our procedure? No, we, we have a policy. We have a thing in place. And in part, it's because of state law, it gets reported to Child Protective Services. With the thing I explained, okay, sometimes we've got to call the police. We've got to do that much determination. But how are you going to deal with it? You need. They want you to have a written response to child sexual abuse. What is your plan? How are you going to deal with that? Uh, and all, all of that's good. But like I pointed out, that's not going to stop it. Nothing on that. Reference checks, background checks, six months. That's not going to. Trained eyes are what's going to do it. All right, now here's some resources that I suggest. Here, I recommend Ministry Safe. Uh, it's out of Dallas. You can look them up online at Ministry Safe. Uh, $10. Get an hour and a half training, 25 questions in order to get the certificate. See my certificate I went through the program. If you join them for it costs $250, you get access to all their materials, and then the training only costs you five dollars per person. You want to get as many people in your church to go through this training. It's it's great training. The the pictures I showed earlier. I got that idea from them because they'll show you pictures of beautiful people. Predators are not some ugly, creepy guy. They're some of of the beautiful people are the ones that are doing the predator. And they, they want to be helpful and trustworthy. That's what they're going to spend that six months doing in your church. They're going to spend time being helpful, kind, and trustworthy so that you trust them and the child trusts them. Uh, they're going to cover, they've got, here's the breakdown of the sessions, introduction 421. That's 4 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, so it's, generally, this is the one right here, the grooming process, a little longer, but that's extremely uh, It helps you to see through predators' eyes. You know what they're looking for. You know what's going on. Now, a lot of predator behavior, coming to your question, a lot of predator behavior is no different than what I do. I have a jar of candy on my desk on Sunday morning. Dum-dum drops. And the kids know that after service, they're going to get you a dum-dum. Well, a predator would do that. But I'm not a predator. They're going to do a lot of the same behavior you do. What you're watching for is that type of behavior, and then you're watching for this. Are they pushing the boundaries? when somebody starts pushing the boundaries, they start start spending a lot of time alone with the 15-year-olds to always going over and talking to this 16, was it 16 years old? 14-year-old girl, 35-year-old guy, always talking to 14-year-old girl. Ignacio has his men come over and, hey, come over and talk to us. He doesn't do it. Okay, put a flag up. This is somebody we've got to watch. We may have to set some boundary on that. If I could find it in this, uh, I got it in here somewhere, some of what they said. Uh, yeah, here we go. All right, let me, let me, I, I didn't really plan on doing that because, uh, but I've got, let me cover these and now I'll come to it at the end. And like I said, if I'll, I'll, I'll show you at the end how to get this resource. It's online, it's electric, there's 13 pages of it. I just couldn't see asking the home office to print off 13 pages and make 40 copies. But, Plus, I may add to it. So if you've got the Dropbox links, then you kind of know that. But I will come to some of that. So, Ministry Safe is a resource I recommend. Grace uh, Ministries deals with godly response to abuse in the Christian environment. It's the Cadillac of safeguarding certification. But it'll probably cost your church or ministry around 4000 plus to have them do that. But they, will do, they do a great job. They will come in... They'll fly in lawyers and people twice to come look through your facility to help you develop policy and do that. But they published this book, The Child Safeguarding Policy Guide for Churches and Ministry. I think it cost about $25, $23. I got this for $23. You can go through a whole lot of stuff. Some of the stuff you're asking about grooming behaviors, about policy language, things you need to do to do that, it's in here. This is the resource you ought to have on, not on your shelf, you ought to go through it and work through it, but this will help you develop the policies you need, and they'll open your eyes to what abuse is and what some of the things to look at and so forth. It's very thorough with that. Um, There's other organizations. I mentioned the uh, National Center for Life and Liberty has a A booklet. It's not that expensive, cheaper. Uh, You've got uh, this book, What the Bible Says to Abuse Survivors and Those Who Hurt Them by Victor Via. The problem is there's not a whole lot of Bible in that. Uh, This resource, I'm not bragging, but I've got almost a page of more Bible than any of these guys use. So if you want to know what to preach on or what verses to use, you know, I've got a, a fully developed paragraph by paragraph with references, things that you can use in regard, and that's all in here. Somebody had a quick The uh, three main companies provide insurance for churches. And they have packages. Right. You can, that'll be, that'll be yeah. real happy. Brotherhood Mutual is one I've looked at, and they've got things I've down they, A lot of these are free down. And, and this organization... This grace organization has a lot of free downloads, a lot of articles you can download on that. Another organization that Richard put me onto is a group called Safe Gatherings. Um, They'll do the legal background checks, two references by email. They will check, send out an email, and uh, then they have trained people that will look at this information and tell you, well, no, they won't tell you necessarily right off the bat. They will call. If there's something adverse, they will call this person and try to figure out what's going on and get that worked out. But it's $37 a person. But it also includes an hour and a half of very good online training. I, I like the pictures in the other one. Uh, the online training is not, there's no pictures, usually somebody talking, but it's a very good training. It also, this one also includes a module on elder abuse. Like you were talking about how, you know, how to observe whether somebody who's in the nursing home is being abused as well. They both have their benefits. Uh, I think overall, I enjoyed, that's not the right word, I found it more interesting to watch the ministry safe one, but I did that one first. By the time I got to the safe gatherings and went through that process. And by the way, I ran a background check on myself. I'm good. Uh, but, but Because I went through the whole thing. let me do the whole thing. They did the background check references, all of that with me. Because, and, uh, and I knew the references, so I said, well, what was it like? And then my secretary went through it, and I did the reference on her, so I know what they're asking the references. And that, that's okay. It's pretty good. Uh, but their, I was looking at their training for what I didn't know, but I was comparing it to Ministry Safe. I think Ministry Safe's training will be more interesting to your people and more helpful. Uh, particularly if you've got any because they're going to show you pictures of predators they're going to show you pictures of situations they're going to tell you about it. that's where I got the thing about the six-year-olds is from their training uh, the information is here the easiest way is dr. Gary McCall at gmail.com send me say hey I want your handout and I, or you can go to the it's in my Dropbox Uh, Once this seminar is done, one of the reasons we're recording things is so that it'll be made available on the flash drives. You can order flash drives. They're about $25. You get all the seminars that have been recorded. And probably this handout will be somewhere on the website. But if you'll email me, you can get the material. Now let's talk about, before my alarm goes off, let's talk about some of the uh, behavior uh here's here's a grooming. I call it under awareness. Set up protective service awareness. First of all, they're going to try to gain access to children by choosing careers that put them in contact with children or volunteering in ministry. Now I, I ought not to say this but since it's, it's being recorded, but I like working with children who are at risk. maybe orphans. Why do I like to do that? Because I have a preference for 8 and 9 year olds. I encountered that. He worked with an organization that rescued kids and he was a wolf. He was a predator. So if you're hiring a pastor or associate pastor or staff member of your church, you better them carefully. I first became aware of sexual abuse when I was about 17 years old, and a bunch of us preacher boys were at this church. and they, One of the guys pulled me aside, and said, "Pastor over there, the associate pastor, said he's uh, he's a little funny." One my gosh, said, yes. Said he'd have boys stay with him overnight, and he has Roman hands. I thought, we? He said, "Yay." Yeah, said I, I got sick and I stumbled when and put his hands down in front of my pajamas did you hear what I said he was the youth pastor of the church it was known it was known to the pastor to the leadership that he was doing this these boys were telling me we were talking amongst ourselves and they were telling each other that this had happened and yet We got to watch. They'll gain the trust of the gatekeepers, the pastor, the parents, even the older siblings, the older brothers. They want to make friends. They're not interested in the older brother, but they know he's watching out for younger brother. They want that because 14-year-olds are not my passion, it's that 8- or 9-year-old. But I've got to get past the 14-year-old to get to the 8- or 9-year-old. That's the way they think. You've got to be aware of that. They will select their targets, vulnerable children, because they don't fit in your group, or they have needs that aren't met. I just want to give this child a gift. I want to help them. I want to take things. I want to give them a toy. I want to do things. Okay, let's the group do it, not you. If you're aware of it, if you do it, that's that could set you up as a predator. But if... It's going through the group, and they don't know where it comes from. The church is helping them. Okay, that's one thing. But they're looking for vulnerable. They don't want strong children, children they think might tell. They're looking for the ones that won't tell. That's one. And then number four. This is now up to this point. I mean, you know, you got a heart of compassion. You see somebody in need. You want to maybe you know, let me go buy this child a toy. Maybe buy them some clothes. They don't have good. That's good compassion. Up to this point, what they're doing, the behavior that we observe, that's what any of us would do. Number four is where you cross the boundaries, where they begin to facilitate rule-breaking on the part of the child. They're pushing boundaries. Maybe they let them watch a movie at their house that their mom and dad wouldn't let them watch at home. It's just be our secret. Maybe they get them to drink alcohol or start smoking. You can do that here. It's just our secret. We're going to view some soft porn. They're not going to say that. Let's we'll watch this movie. We'll watch this. But, you know, we'll keep your parents won't let you do this, but I'll let you do that. I'm better than your parents in that regard. Predators don't like rules, and they'll push the boundaries of parents' rules as well as those of your ministry. That's why you got to have boundaries, and you got to watch who's pushing the boundaries. They'll introduce nudity and sexual touch. Uh, sometimes this happens in game time. Let's see, let me, you know, we tickle, have a little tickle bit, you know, and then touch it and just see what's this child going to do. They're testing out, is this child going to react? Can I go further? That's the way a predator thinks. That's the way we've got to understand. That's why we've got to take the training. We've got to see this is what is the way they think. And they will do things to keep the victim, number six, silent. They're real good at using guilt and embarrassment. That's why I was so proud of Sam for sharing how this happened to me. A lot of people won't speak up because they've been guilted by embarrassment or whatever. And they're really good manipulators of people, like the fellow was talking about yesterday. And here's the really... Bad part of it. One tool in their arsenal is that people tend not to listen to or believe a child. God have mercy on us. That's why I tell you, don't report child abuse. Report suspicion. Number one, you communicate to the child, I heard what you said. And by the way, I have in here what to not say and what to say when somebody, as you're dealing with a child, some training I got from on that. But you're communicating, I believe you and I'm going to pursue it. And I'm going to report it to child abuse and I'm going to talk with you and I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to be watching. And I'm going to tell my water commander to be watching. I'm going to tell the sparks director to be watching. We're going to have eyes on it. We're going to be watching for this. But we're also going to call in the civil authorities that are trained to investigate this. And they're not, not, I won't say they're not nice people, but they're not, we're nice people. We like to believe the best of everybody. They know, they've seen, you know, I can never look at a situation again the same way after having through, been through two of these trains and read all this stuff. I, I'm, I'm suspicious. I'm watching. But I'm a shepherd. You're a shepherd. You're an elder in the church. You're a shepherd. You're watching for these things. Uh, gift giving to a child, kid and magnet activities at their home, repeated time alone with the child, pushing the boundaries with children and parents or your ministry, and playful but inappropriate touch. These are all, flag just went up. It popped up. It's gone from suspicion to, hey, there's something really wrong here. I need to deal with this. I may need to report some of this stuff. All right. One of,
1: the, one of the places
0: they spend a lot of time with the children uh, from Snapchat. Snapchat because it gets erased by the way. Yep. So you have to watch I, I just That's how it. you get into human trafficking. You need to put it your your volunteer workers. You will not
1: communicate electronically with a minor. And or if you do you have to include
0: two or three other people. You know, and I, I catch myself that's a, sometimes. That's a good because we're dealing with, you know, well, we've got the thing of, well, hey, I'm, I'm, a lot of counseling now is done online, a lot, a lot of communication. If you're working with teenagers, they're doing these things, and so you've got to somebody, maybe your wife, maybe your, your pastor, or maybe one else needs to be able to, to review your, your record. And, it, and say, I don't know Snapchat, because... I was cool when I was on Facebook, and then the old people got in and ruined Facebook. (laughs) So, and I I have not kept up with the other means of communication, but that is a very uh, setting the boundary, and I'm I'm glad you said that. I hope it's on tape because I want to remember to put that in our policy, that, hey, you don't do that. Time's up. That was my... Yeah. Quit. We're done. You could spend hours
1: situation we had one gay man and another married man in our church and they got involved with another woman emotionally talking and
0: it's one it blew up his future wedding the other one it they're going through marital problems and so yep. we as adults need to be careful with
1: our online presence. Yep. so I'll, be I'll easy especially when a teenage a young lady texts you know, a good Bible question and I'm I don't I not want want to, answer. to give an answer and then I realize
0: oh, uh, I like that she's
1: asking this but yep. I hope this isn't and find something yeah. out, but it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, it's... it's I had to make sure yeah. I had I my
0: wife or had somebody else. Right, to right. somebody to... to yeah, maybe it'd be good with your staff or to say, look, uh, let me send a copy of this to the pastor so he knows what I'm doing. That we, That's the supervision part of it. It's protective for you, but it's also... You know, somebody that won't do that, that's crossing what? Uh, a boundary. And anytime somebody crosses a boundary... That's a warning sign. Thank you, Brother. It's ten o'clock. You can go